Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, no, he just, you know, he said it's been an awesome, an awesome journey and um, you know, one that he won't f- ever forget and you know, we'll cherish these moments for forever and I didn't have anything to go back with him because I was actually I was tearing up. So it was um, it was quite tough. Um, he said to me before he goes, "You gave me donuts." And I said, oh, I, had, "I had nothing. I couldn't talk." Um, but yeah, no, it was it was awesome. Um, it was a great feeling as well to walk out there with him. Yeah, look, it, it, it you know it meant the world to me. Um, you know, I've given absolutely everything. Um, you know, to play this game and to sacrifice a lot of things to be in the position that I am. Um, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs through my career. Um, I've had to come back and overcome adversity. Uh, I've done that, you know, I think very, very well. I think it's been well received um, from a lot of people. And I think today just showed to me that, you know, I do have a lot of support. Um, and I'm very, very grateful for that and very thankful for that. Because um, as I said, I've got a lot of passion, a lot of pride wearing this baggy green, going out there playing for Australia. It's a, it's a privileged position. Um, it's one I don't take for granted. Uh, and I just want every kid out there to, to keep focusing on playing um, test cricket um, and, and girl out there to, to aspire to get this baggy green because it, it is the pinnacle of our sport. Well, that was David Warner talking about his final day of test cricket. I'm Menas. You're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I've got a debutante for today's wrap of day four, Ethan Lee Chalk from Zero Digital. Ethan, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that my first time's with Cricket Unfiltered. Oh, it's great to have you on. And Well, we saw a fascinating finale to the test series against Pakistan. The real story today was David Warner's um, final day of test cricket. But Australia won by eight wickets. It looked a bit touch and go when Australia was one for none in the first over, chasing 130. But then David Warner and Manus Labuschagne put on 118 and they steered Australia to an eight-wicket victory. David Warner was eventually dismissed for 57, but Labuschagne was 62 not out. Steve Smith, four not out. 
Um, earlier today, Pakistan was bowled out for 115. Josh Hazelwood got the figures, four for 16. Wasn't able to add to his four wickets overnight. He's sitting now on 249 test wickets. We'll get into the details of things, Ethan, but I thought good win for Australia, a, a wearing pitch, and they able to, you know, good little chase. It was a great chase, especially uh, the partnership between Warner and Labeshan there. Um, great half-century knock from Warner to kind of say farewell to Test cricket. Mm. It would have been nice if he didn't get out, but um, in saying that, he got to like enjoy the whole crowd farewelling him one more time. Yeah, absolutely. It was a beautiful day. They let all the the spectators onto the ground after play, so there was you know twenty odd thousand people here to farewell Warner and. And they got to see an entertaining run chase. But, you know, let's go back to the beginning of the play, the beginning of the day. And before, sorry, before we get to today's play, listeners will know I I rarely do this, but I have to issue an apology. Because yesterday I said Steve Smith, his dismissal, I said, oh, the ball didn't do much. It was just a poor shot. And I went back last night and I saw replays from different angles. And Steve Smith, when he got out, the ball did take a little bit of a funky bounce. It kind of balloon bounced. It must have hit one of the funny spots in the pitch. I still don't think it was a great shot. I still think it was, yeah, I still think the three fielders were there. He knew they were there and he hit it straight to them. But the ball did kind of bounce up. So who am I to doubt the second best batter since Bradman? So Steve Smith, if you're listening, if you're not listening, I'm sorry. Um, All right, let's get into today's play, Ethan. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. I really apologise to anyone, especially not the Poms. But um, Pakistan started the day 7 for 68. And I thought, look, if they can get a lead of around 150, 180, maybe they could send a few shivers down the Aussie spine. And and it looked like that they might. They went from um, 7 for 68 to 7 for 109. Rizwan and Jamal batted really well. And, and you're thinking, okay, there's something brewing here. But then Rizwan was out... Um, caught by David Warner off the bowling of Nathan Lyon around the corner for 28. And that kind of ended the uh, Pakistan innings. Uh, next over, Ymir Jamal was out, uh, caught by Travis Head off the bowling of Pat Cummins for 18. Hassan Ali was bowled by Nathan Lyon for five. So that dismissed Pakistan for 115. So the lead was 129 and... Australia needed 130 for the win. Do you agree with me, Ethan, that you know, if Rizwan and Jamal could have just stayed there for a bit longer, maybe they could have got that lead up to 150, 160. And then you know, Australia's one for none, you never know. I kind of agree there. I guess losing those three wickets um, to Hazelwood in yesterday's day's play, Rizwan and Jamal, they're kind of in two frames of mind. It's either do we stay at the crease and bat, try and bat the whole day, make some runs, um, but you don't know. Um, how long are you going to stay in there for? Or do we attack the bowling and try and get runs quickly? And I think they tried to attack the bowling. I think they were pretty positive this morning, yeah. especially Rizwan. Um, for the Australian team, so the figures in this, the Pakistan second innings, Mitchell Stark, four overs, one for 15, bowled that beautiful ball last night to get Shafiq. Hazelwood, four for 16. Pat Cummins, seven overs, one for 24. Nathan Lyon, couple of wickets today, finished with three for 36. As I mentioned, he got the big wicket of Muhammad Rizwan. And uh, Travis Head got the, the breakthrough yesterday. Barbaraz and the big breakthrough yesterday for 23. So that left Australia chasing 129. There was a bit of time um, before lunch for them to bat. 
and they made a really, uh, they didn't make a good start. So Sajid Khan opened the bowling and in the, on the last ball of the first over had Kawaja trapped LBW. It was given out on field, Kawaja referred it and he, he made a bit of a sign that it was missing off stump Kawaja. And I actually don't like batters do, trying to do the umpire. I don't know about you, Ethan, but just let the umpires do the job. You don't need to tell them. feel the same way as you there. Yeah. Um, kind of, people have this whole argument about DRS, but as you'll go through later, Australia kind of got lucky um, when David Warner, <laughs> Pakistan, referred one, obviously mm. hitting middle stump, but not out umpire's call. Exactly. Yeah, so... But Kawaja was given out LBW with the ball just clipping off stump. So he was out the very first over. And I actually said to the guy I was sitting next to in the, com in the media box that Australia could be in trouble here. But then we saw, we actually got to see one last time the, the value of David Warner. And he said it in the press conference afterwards that in these small chases, you have to be aggressive. And he was aggressive. And he actually took Labashain with him. Labashain started to play shots. And you know, especially Warner early on, there was reverse laps, there was beautiful drives, and he just got the run rate um, going. And um, you know, he was dropped on 23, tough one running back by Jamal. But um, yeah, I, I just thought it was good to see Warner play positively. And he took the game away from Pakistan pretty quickly because what Australia doesn't want to do is get really timid in that situation. It's kind of like the old school Warner as well. Like I grew up watching, um, as a young as, as a young person here, I grew up watching white ball cricket before red ball cricket. So it's kind of like you know you're seeing the the Warner of the old age bring out the switch hits, bring out the reverse mm. sweeps. It's what all the kids probably know him for uh, mainly. Yeah, absolutely. And they got a big. They got to send him off, and they got to see him do that one more time. And uh, yeah, his positivity really kept the run rate going. And that once just that Warner and Labuschagne got together, they had a, a lunch break and then came back out. And it was pretty clear then Australia probably wasn't going to be troubled. As I said, uh, Warner was dropped on 23. Uh, you mentioned the review. He was given not out. Poor Sajin Khan was desperate to get some wickets. <laughs> he was desperate to get some wickets. And he, was, he wasn't happy with the umpires because it looked pretty plum, given not out refers it and it was an umpire's call but it was such a, you know maybe like half a millimeter either way and he's given out um on drs so he survived that um Labuschain was dropped on 44 and then eventually uh, so warner made a beautiful half century in his last inning so his 50 came off just 56 balls and australia went to lunch one for 91 then they came out afterwards and and they, as i said they just kept going um warner and Labuschain put on 100 runs in 113 balls. Um, so they've had a lot of great partnerships together. So nice for them to have one more um, big partnership. And um, yeah, as I said, Warner was eventually out LBW to Sajid Khan. It was given not out, then they referred it and it was um, hitting. So as you say, he didn't get to remain not out, um, but he did get a huge send off as he went off. And actually Stuart Clark on ABC radio was musing before lunch break. I wonder if Warner would want to get out so he gets the whole ground giving him a send-off or he'd want to be not out. I think knowing batters, you never want to get out. So I don't think he got out on purpose, uh, but he was out. And then uh, Steve Smith came out. The score was 119, so Australia only needed 11 more. They polished them off. So 
Labuschagne 62 not out, Smith 4 not out. On Labuschagne's batting, Warner said in the press conference that he's been working really hard to sort of be a bit more positive and get back to that form we saw from a couple of years ago. And you know, I thought we saw some beautiful driving through the offside, especially from Marnus. Yeah, I think he definitely needed that, especially um, after the first innings. Him and Smith, they kind of got a start, but didn't really go get that half century or century, like, you know, follow on mm. with that innings. Um, but hopefully, as not, not out as well, hopefully it gives him some confidence um, heading down the track. Yeah, absolutely. He did, I think Marnus made 50 in the first inning, so he got a pair of 50s for the game. Uh, but that was the most fluent we've kind of seen him for a while, yeah. even more so than the first inning. So... Um, good stuff, you know. His strike rate was almost 85 for Manus, which is unusual. Um, Unlike the first innings. Yes, which was about 30. <laughs> Sleepathon, Borathon. Um, so Australia knocked off the 130 in 25.5 overs. They win by eight wickets. And as I said, just beautiful scenes at the the fourth day of the the pink test. Um, you know, everyone allowed onto the ground. Sunny conditions. Don't no comment from anyone in other parts of the country that are going to make um, aspersions about Sydney weather. Um, and then there was, you know, a lot of uh, autograph signing and presentations. Um, so player of this match was Amir Jamal and well-deserved, 82 in the first innings and six for in the first innings. Oddly, you know what was bizarre? Jamal didn't bowl for like like a lot of that Australian... Until after lunch, I think um, it was. Yeah, and why do you think that is? I think... Mohamed Hafiz, the coach, said in the press conference, he kind of had faith in the captain um, with his choices. They wanted to get the spinner and someone at the other end, but it's kind of hard when you don't bowl your best bowler in that match. Mm, like, if the game's on the line and he's taken two sixes, I think you open with him. Exactly. So it's an interesting choice. I think there's some, like, regrettable choices that they'll probably look back on after this series, and that's probably one and of catching them. catching is one of the big things. So yeah. Mohamed Hafiz said after play that you know one, the, the catching was one of their big disappointments and they really need to work on that uh, but he, he, he rightly pointed out there were some positives to take and he also um, commended Shah Masood for the way he's led the team and I have to say you know catching a few tactics aside um, you know they've had a great tour in terms of ambassadors for Pakistani cricket. And you can tell that by the fans here as well. Mm. Um, I think Jamal said in his opening press conference on day one, not sure if you've gone through this already, but when he, before he, when he was here playing great cricket, he said he was up in the stance supporting the Pakistan team a long time ago. And it just shows that, like, you know, Pakistan, they can travel everywhere, anywhere, and they still have that fan base, amazing fan base, wherever they go. Yeah, and good passion and, um, you know, good camaraderie be between the teams, like, friendly but still good hard cricket and you know I said before the series that I think Australia underestimated Pakistan and I, I'm sticking to that because had they held their catches in the MCG and the SCG they might have snuck a win not a series win I don't think but and, and then you add in a Freedy as well if he played this game yeah, exactly they could have done with especially him. that first innings you get yeah. Australia on the ropes yeah very strange so um, so Amir Jamal much deserved player of the match and then player of the series sort of tossing up in the press box who might get player of the series. I thought maybe they'll sneakily give it to Warner as like a farewell series um, because he was the second leading run scorer for Australia. He's got 299 runs at just under 50, but he made that you know, huge 100 in the first test, the only Australian to make 100 in the series. And I thought that might actually get him the sentimental vote. Um, the other contenders, Mitch Marsh, leading run scorer, 344 runs with 
four half centuries, great consistency, a couple of 90s there. So, you know, played really well. But in the end, they went to Superman himself, Captain Fantastic, Pat Cummins, 19 wickets at an average of exactly 12. So he was player of the series. No real problems with that. Ethan, three five-wicket hauls in a row. None at all. Yeah, he had it's, a great series. Yeah, it's toss-up between him and Marsh, but then, you know, the wickets go go Cummins that way. Mm, definitely. So David Warner finishes his test career with, with 112 matches, 8,786 runs, an average of 44.59, a high score of 335 not out, a strike rate of 70.19, 26 test hundreds, 37 test half centuries. Got his last one out there today. So an incredible record. And, you know, when I think about some of the great opening batters I've seen for Australia, he's certainly in the top echelon. Not the best that I've seen for Australia. I'd, I'd still rank Hayden above him. And I, I might even have Slater above him. Um, but as a test cricketer, you know, just, but I sort of, Ethan, you'd get this. I sort of think, you know, when he came onto the scene, when Warner scored 100, it was like an experience. Like, I, I had the same feeling when Adam Gilchrist was playing, that when he would come onto the ground, you just couldn't look away. And, you know, it was almost like a spiritual experience watching them build, you know, just play those dashing innings. And Warner had that. When he came into the team in 2013, you just couldn't miss him batting. 100%. See, um, not a lot. I'm 22 years old, so I'm young. I haven't seen many. I haven't seen Hayden, Slater in their prime. Than me. <laughs> so I grew. I grew up literally <laughs> watching Warner. So he's been my whole entire past. Um, growing up, whether it be high tell, school. So tell me, what, what was it like? Amazing. A fr uh, in one word, I would say freak or innovator. He's like. It, it's hard to describe words, but just watching him bat. I remember watching him and Chris Rogers bat and they're totally unique and different. You have Rogers at one end who takes his time, will get maybe like 20 off like mm. 120, 130 balls. And then you got Warner Sledge with like a Rogers strike rate there. of like 120, 130. Yeah. I think he brought a lot of um, younger kids and people my age uh, more interested in test cricket because that, when I was growing up, it was like that T20 boom period. Yeah. Um, so him playing and attacking that style of playing test cricket was just amazing for me to watch. Oh, that's a great insight because uh, you know, I think I, I've, you know, I've spoken to people about your age and they talk about you know, the influence of the Big Bash and T20 cricket and how you know, that's an, you know, they watch that all the time. So players like Warner really do have a huge influence. Um, so... That is the series result. Australia uh, win 3-0. As I said, Cummins, player of the series. Uh, Amir Jamal, player of the match. You know, a lot of talk after this game about three things. David Warner's baggy green cap. He was asked about it in the press conference and he gave such a shithouse answer. He said, the security guy gave it to me. You have to ask them. There is a cover-up going on here, Ethan. I mean... If you want to, if you want to supercharge your media career, just get to the bottom of this story. Interview the security guard. Yeah, go. You should go <laughs> after here and do it, Ethan. Um, my gut feeling is this is a prank gone wrong. I I have the same feeling, but it'd be interesting to see what type of prank. Like it must be. It's either something funny, like extremely no, funny. I think it's. I think it's them. Someone in the team thinking we'll hire David Warner's baggy green. We'll get him angry. 
And they do that and then they look on their phone and there's an Instagram post with David Warner that's got, you know, with front page of all the papers, you know, millions of views and th that player is like, fuck. Uh, this prank has gone too far. The, fun the funniest rumour I heard, not, not true, hopefully, but the funniest rumour I heard was that it was kind of like a hostage video, like him, like saying, like, you know, I've lost my baggy green, yes. things like that. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was a major talking point, and whoever breaks that story, I cannot wait to hear it. Uh, secondly, uh, obviously a lot of talk about David Warner's farewell, you know, he just did a big press conference, and just following on from what I said the other day, he, he said when he was brought into the team, he was kind of told, you, you know, you had to drink and you had to sledge, and then he went away from that. And he doesn't think they'll ever be sledging like that in the game again. He said there'll be banter, you know, you have a bit of fun out there. But he said because you play with all these players in the IPL and different franchises around the world, it's totally different. Yeah, I have the same take on that. I think there'll be more sledging and banter towards domestic IPL competitions when it's like, let's say, for example, a David Warner versus like an Usman Khawaja on the other team or like a Glenn Maxwell versus like a... Peter Hanscom and they're sledging towards one another rather than in different countries. And that's more fun though. I think that's mates. Like you never want to get out to your mates, but it's usually in good humour. Yeah. Um, so I think that will remain in the game. But look, I, I think cricket does need to be played hard. And I think there is merit to playing the game hard and then having good relationships um, after play. But, you know, what's clear is Warner was told to get in people's faces. He took it to the extreme and it backfired. And because if you, if you think about it, if you sledge um, someone from England, like let's say Ben Stokes, and you yeah. end up playing domestic cricket with him afterwards, it's kind of that topsy-turvy like relationship in the sheds. and yeah, like, you absolutely, know. especially if you get really personal with the sledging. So there's that. And also there's the practic practicalities. You know, you're not going to sledge an Indian because if he ends up captaining an IPL franchise, you don't want him in an auction going, no, I'm not buying that bloke because he sledged me. So your hip pocket would get a, a big um, big hit there. And, and last topic of conversation before we wrap this up was um, discussions around Steve Smith opening the batting. They continued today. Cummins was asked about it and he just gave the worst answer. He's like, I haven't thought about it. I haven't thought about Steve Smith opening the batting. Then he said, oh, our middle order, you know, Marnus at three, Smith at four, Head and um, Marsh have done so well. I don't know if I want to tinker with that. And then he said, oh, maybe you can manufacture an opener. So what's clear is, I don't think Cummins knows who's going to open next, but would you be comfortable with Smith? I've seen Smith play open and white ball cricket, and I think he's coming to the back end of his career. I think he's 33, 34, 34 now. I think it's time to change up his style and open the batting. I can see yes. Kawaja and him uh, opening. Manus at three. I'd move head to four. And then you got uh, Green. Green, Marsh and Carey. Yeah, okay. I like it. And I agree with you. Left, right-hander at the top. Smith and Kawaja, two experienced players. You know, especially with India coming next summer to here for five test matches. And, and what I liked to hear from Smith was that hunger. That he wants to open. He wants to open because he just wants to bat all day. Just if he opens, he doesn't have to wait to bat. So I like that one. Anyway, that is it for our wrap of day four from the SCG test. A memorable series. Australia winning 3-0, but certainly a, a lot closer in actuality. I thought P 
Pakistan can go home with their heads held high. Ethan, thanks so much for joining me on Quick and Unfiltered. Great to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me, and hopefully this is the first of many uh, times I come in here as a guest. Oh, excellent. I love that enthusiasm. Uh, well, I'll be back next week on Tuesday. I'm recording with Daniel Cherney from News Limited, who's been uh, following Australia all through 2023. And so uh, we'll be sort of reflecting on the test summer so far and look back at 2023 through bit of a bird's eye view at the Australian team with the reporter who was there for most of it. Well, that's it from Cricket Unfiltered. Thanks to all the listeners. And, you know, quite a few listeners came up to me in the press box and said hello. Um, so it was great to hear that um, there's listeners everywhere. Um, so thanks for tuning in and we'll be back soon. This is a Piccolo podcast production. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.